Hello, and welcome to A View from the Perch, a podcast covering important financial topics from the perspective of a financial advisor and an experienced certified financial planner. Each week, we give a brief market update, discuss current economic events, analyze and debate highlighted stocks, and provide education on a financial subject. Now, here are your hosts, Bill Parrott and Spencer Engelkev. Hi, Bill. We are back. back. And we have the exact same question. How are the markets? Well, uh, over the last week, uh, which is not uncommon, we have a mixed market. Okay. Uh, large caps down about a half a percent. Mm-hmm. Small caps up a percent. International down a percent. And bonds down 0.15%. So probably zero rate of return. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but let me say we're at the halfway point for the year. There it is. And uh, the NASDAQ is up 37% this year. The S- wood. Yeah, not <laughs> got wood. Uh, the, Na- or the S&P 500 is up 14%. Small caps up 3.5%, mm-hmm. bonds up 2.6%, yeah. and international holdings up 8.75%. So a good year across the board. So congratulations to all of you who did nothing last year. You're, you're being rewarded this year. And for those of you who sold, uh, it's never too late to get back in. Uh, the market's not going to wait for you, so you just got to commit to it. But uh, having a good year, uh, market is shrugging off uh, all bad news yeah. and marching higher. So yeah, cool. and that was the big thing that was I think intriguing was Powell's comments, and they had the, the gigantic conference for all I guess all the federal money market makers, and um, he was not dovish he was very skeptical he's very hawkish but the market was just like eh. like it was it wasn't a horror it wasn't a good day but it wasn't like you that happens three or four months ago we see probably a two percent drop across the board in all yeah. indices yeah well it shrugged off that news it shrugged off the russian coup yeah. it's shrugging off china uh it's it, it sees something that no one else sees and the market's just Saying, come with me or or not, but I'm going higher. So, yeah. uh, And then GDP came in higher than expected, 2% instead of the projected 1.3 or 1.4%. Yeah, growth is good. And then everybody's worried about a credit crunch. And luckily, they did a stress test for the 23 major U.S. banks. And all of them remained at the capital requirement yep. after a past. $541 billion projected loss for a severe, severe recession. So I think that's giving investors a little bit of ease, especially because I think the big boogeyman is they keep raising rates. Credit crunch has happened. Banks go insolvent. Um, but I think right now we're, we're in a good spot. And so hopefully we can inflation continues to cool. And then what what's scaring me is that a lot of investors are just like, OK, pal, yeah, raise it a couple more times. Mm-hmm. We don't care anymore. And that's where it's getting a little bit cavalier for me, where people are like, we're bulletproof, which is yep. never good, kind of. Well, people are very complacent right now. You look at the VIX trading mm-hmm. near historical lows. Uh, that's usually what they call the risk factor, or the risk gauge. And it's telling you right now that people don't care. Like, yeah, 
We're good. And uh, option buying, call buying is at an all-time high. So when you buy options, you're speculating. Uh, it's a binary outcome. You win or you lose. So uh, people are, are, are uh, looking for the market to go higher by speculating on calls. And and Bitcoin typically is a speculative asset. It's mm-hmm. above 30000 And uh, that's usually a sign that people are like risk on. And yeah. yeah, right now people are full throttle investing, which is really bumming out the bears. Yep. Uh, who want bad news, who want the market to crash, who like, I can't believe it's going higher. And uh, uh, the bears and people who are short the market this year are getting crushed. Yeah, that's true. It's funny because you'll always see who took a kind of a short position at the beginning of the year, the people that are still trying to be negative right now. Yeah. However, I just say enjoy your summer, right? <laughs> enjoy, enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. You know? <laughs> Again, it's like... Uh, our standard of why is the market up? Who cares? You know, uh, we can pick a thousand reasons why it's mm-hmm. up. And, and, and you know, let, let's say we did come up with the reason why the market's up. Let's yeah. say this is it. Yeah. Would you change your strategy? Would you change your philosophy? Would you change your portfolio? Probably not. No. Like, okay. It's working. <laughs> Good. It's like, Thank you. Yeah. We're, we're killing them on the HB gap. Let's change it to an HB toss. Like, it makes no sense. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, I think overall was that a good football news, analogy? It was. Okay, I, I try not to throw too many of those in I there like just because I, like I, like I like to keep it simple. But um, yeah, I think you're right. The market's up. Who cares? We'll, we'll continue to let it ride. And then like we talk about buy and hold is the most important thing. So Yeah. And it's not like a medical thing. Like if you went to the doctor, said, I'm not feeling well, said, oh, this is what's wrong. Take a pill. Okay, good. You know, the market, people won't change because... Earnings are good. Inflation slowing down. They're like, okay, let's yeah. let it ride. Yeah, I mean, everything's working out. So, yeah. Perfect. Um, well, yeah, I think good news. Good news. Knock on wood. Let's just hope, which is doesn't happen normally. In this podcast, that seems to be like rarity, but let's yeah. changes we'll the take it. Maybe this will be our last <laughs> yeah, episode. Right. Maybe this will be our last episode. Close on a high note. Um, which it, it kind of transitions us into our empowering education. And that's just kind of like, talk about it. Years halfway over. Summer checklist. Let's think about some things before you're going on a trip and mm-hmm. just kind of make sure you have your financial house in order before you leave for a big vacation or just if you're sitting in the summer, yeah. trying to make sure you're uh, you're taken care of on that front. So, yeah, I love your your financial love letter, as you put it. Mm-hmm. And so can you kind mm-hmm. of explain what that is and why that's important to our listeners? Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. Um more people spend more time planning their vacation than they do their retirement. I agree. Yep. So it's very important to people. And my guess is the last thing people think about when they're going on a vacation to the beach, to the mountain, to Europe, Hawaii, wherever, is, oh, my my estate plan. Yeah. <laughs> um, but a love letter is basically a note to your family, letting them know where you keep your important documents, uh, who to contact, who's your CPA, your advisor, your banker, uh, where are your credit cards? And it's just a note saying, hey, here's where everything is. Here's where the files are. Here's who to contact. It's not a formal estate document, mm-hmm. but it's just, hey, here's here's what's going on. One to two pages. Yeah. Um, we, for my family, we probably updated a couple times a year based on changes and who's doing what. 
and um, said, here it is. Uh, here's what's going on. We recently took a trip to Kenya, so I updated uh, our love letter for our daughter and said, hey, you know, if you're reading this, we're gone. You know, we're evaporated or whatever. Here's who to contact. Here's where our documents are. Here's what to do. That way she doesn't have to, you know, put the puzzle pieces together. So it's it's just a quick letter to your family saying, hey, here's what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just the, the password aspect in this growing kind of technological. Oh, yeah. How many passwords do you think you have? Oh. <laughs> I mean, I think you can look up on Google how many Google has saved. And I believe it's probably in the 65, 70 range. Yep. Just because they're just every single thing needs a password and a username. Um, yeah. And you're right. If you, if you don't have that information, then your your loved one who's who's still here while you're left behind is going to just a lot of trouble. Um, yeah. and, so. and on social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, Instagram, you could live forever. Oh yeah. If you don't have somebody turn those off when you pass away. Yeah, absolutely. And then most of the time, especially with email and notification systems, that's really how you get notice if the scam is presiding. So if you don't mm -hmm. have that information. And you're not here. There's no one to really backfill that thing. So I think that's no. important. Yeah. Um, awesome. So we have the financial love letter. Kind of what are some other things we need to be thinking about while we're working on our estate before maybe a major trip? Well, you want to make sure your documents are up to date. Wills, trusts, um, beneficiary designations. Yeah. So, you know, if something happens to you, who's going to get your assets? But I think a... a uh, Probably the biggest issue is, assuming you don't die, is what if you have a health issue in a foreign country or away from home? Your will or your trust should have health care directives in there to take care of you, somebody to act on your behalf. And if you don't have that, it could be a real medical limbo and an estate limbo. So, uh, you know, people say, well, I'm not I'm not going to die forever, mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, but the, the healthcare component from a will and a trust, I think, is uh, misunderstood and downplayed. A lot of people don't consider that aspect of it. So you need your healthcare directives mm -hmm. up to date in the event that something happens to you medically while you're traveling. Yeah, yeah. So setting a power of attorney. Power of attorney. Mm -hmm. Sustainable standards. Okay. Um, because, you know, if you're surfing in Hawaii and you knock your head on a piece of coral and you're in the hospital and you're out, who's going to make that decision? Who's going to act on your behalf and your, your will or your trust will outline that. Yeah. And so uh, if you're married, most likely it's your spouse. If you have, if you're single, it's probably, you know, a good friend or a child or whatever. Uh, but you need somebody to act on your behalf, medically speaking, mm -hmm. that knows your wishes and that, that, that's a big issue. Yeah, exactly. And the big thing is they're going to have to be making decisions if you're incapacitated. And so yeah. you, not only do you want somebody that takes your best interest, but somebody that can handle that pressure and, and making sure they're not putting too much stress on one of your people that just gets sprung on. So, yeah, I think that, that's important. Yep. <clears throat> and again, the beneficiary stuff, that's an easy two-minute fix. Yeah. But a lot of people ignore beneficiary designations, but that's one thing to, to check too. Before yeah. You and what, what are some things that have beneficiary designations? Yeah. Good question. IRA accounts, annuities, insurance, life insurance, mm -hmm. uh, 401k plans, corporate benefits, things like that. Uh, and a beneficiary designation overrides everything. It overrides yeah. your will, 
override your trust. So make sure they're up to date and accurate. Uh, the worst thing to have happen is you go on a trip, something happens to you, you die, and your ex-spouse gets all your money. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I didn't mean for that to happen. And your current family's left out in the cold. So make sure it, it takes like two minutes to update your beneficiary information. Mm-hmm. Super easy. Uh, so we would encourage you to do, to do that. Yeah, that brings up a good point. It's kind of like the hierarchy of of these beneficiaries, trusts, and wills. So how would you kind of place those on the hierarchy of like, so yeah. this is ironclad comparatively to, um, well, beneficiary is the easiest mm-hmm. thing to do. It doesn't cost you anything. Uh, you can go into your accounts and click, 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 and yeah. it's done. Uh, and then will and a trust are one and one a, okay. uh, are two and two a, I guess the will, the beneficiary being first, but, uh, you know, a lot of people just think it's complicated to do and, you know, it, it does take time and at a minimum you should have a will. Yep. And then if you have a complicated estate or a large estate, then a trust is is recommended. But at a minimum, have a will. You, know, you can do it online, go through your attorney. Uh, you could write it on a yellow pad, mm-hmm. whatever, but just make sure you have something in writing. Yeah. Uh, again, from the healthcare perspective, but uh, money changes people. And if you don't have a will or a trust and your family inherits millions of dollars, do they all get along? Is it evenly distributed? Who gets what? It, it, it's a nightmare. So, yeah, yeah. So beneficiary will trust, you know, one, two, three, we'll yeah. get there. Just making sure they're taken care of. That makes, makes total sense. Um, so talk to us about kind of insurance needs when mm. you're kind of planning this. So kind of how does somebody view how much life insurance I need? And then also, I think one of the biggest misconceptions is disability insurance. When mm. should I get it? Right. Before I become disabled, when I'm disabled, like kind of walk us through that. You need it before you're disabled. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people are starting to rename it loss of income insurance yeah. uh, or income protection. Income protection. Yeah. That's what term I was looking for, because a lot of people, uh, you know, you hear the word disabled they're like, oh, well, I'm not disabled or whatever. But again, you know, let's go back to the surfing analogy in Hawaii. Let, let's say you. Uh, hit your head and um, you're incapacitated for six months. Well, technically you're disabled from work. You can't work. You're losing income. So you need a policy to replace that income. Yep. Uh, you could only die once, but you could be disabled multiple times Absolutely. throughout your life. So it's imperative that you set up beforehand because you can't get it after the fact. Yep. So if something happens to you and you lose your your, your capacity to generate income because you can't work. You can't call your insurance agent and say, hey, I, I want that policy now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like buying, you know, fire insurance after your, your home burns down. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. Um, and then life insurance, uh, you want to have like a couple uh, check the boxes. You know, do you have enough money to pay off the mor- or insurance to pay off the mortgage, support your spouse for life, to pay for your kid's college, and uh, those are really the big three yeah. for insurance. Yeah. And then, you know, whatever those numbers are, that's how much insurance you need. Yeah. Capital needs approach versus needs. Yeah. That makes, that yeah. makes total sense. But yeah, getting those, those big three, making sure the mortgage is taken care of college, if you want to pay for it, mm-hmm. and then making sure your spouse has a specific time period, if you want to do expense wise, but just making sure yeah. they're not having to jump into that real quickly. Um, 
Yeah. And then also for disability insurance, one thing that I, we get brought up a lot is, oh, my company has disability insurance. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. And what you really want to be looking into when it comes to disability insurance is not only kind of the benefit amount, but making sure you're looking at own or any occupation. Because if you're kind of in a high professional, sur- a surgeon, doctor, things of that nature, uh, you want an own policy because mm-hmm. that, that requires you to be very specific to your occupation rather any is a little bit more liberal when it comes to the insurance policy making so just the the kind of intertwines of that is important but yeah i think disability insurance is being brought more into light just because with the accidents and with the incapacitation so and i think just calling it income protection changes uh oh yeah because you know life insurance used to be called death insurance yeah but who wants to buy death insurance (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh so and, and that's a good point. The more specialized your career, uh, the more you probably need disability insurance. You know, if you're a brain surgeon, heart surgeon, and there's not a lot of people who can do what you can do. So you want to do that. I don't want to, you know, knock any job, but, you know, if you're in a job that doesn't require a lot of skill and you can easily get a job somewhere else, then you're the need for disability income goes down quite a bit. So you want to just look at your specific job and can other people do it? Um, What camp are we in? I don't know. We don't want to answer that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Probably don't want to answer that for the good and the bad. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so just, just be aware of that. Just be aware of life insurance and the kind of another thing I want to touch is just emergency fund. Yeah. Uh, Making sure you're kind of taking care of that while, because I kind of gets put it the way where it's like, because you like to talk about planning for travel and planning for trips. And normally those are pretty expensive, but you yeah. don't want to kind of dive into that emergency fund in order to pay for that as well. Yeah. So the emergency fund, opportunity fund is there for emergencies if mm-hmm. something should happen. Um, you know, it's interesting because I think a lot of people look at a vacation as a necessity. Yeah, that's fair. And uh, so they'll borrow to travel, they'll tap into their emergency fund to travel, but ideally you want to have a separate fund for trips and vacations that are independent of your emergency fund, uh, independent of your credit card. Mm -hmm. uh, And and just, you know, set up an account, put a few dollars away every month. And then by the time you're ready to go, you you have your your travel nest egg. Yeah. Yeah, and just just to reiterate, emergency fund, three months of non-discretionary spending is six months. So you want to make sure. So that's we're talking mortgage payment, we're talking insurance payment, we're talking bills that are kind of not up to your discretion. Making sure you have at least three to six months. And I guess now they're kind of even making it more specialized. If you're if you have two two members of your household and only one working, six months is your goal. Both are working three months is mm. what your bare minimum is, but they always encourage six months. But yeah, so just making sure you have that taken care of because you just want all your eggs and yeah. you want all your ducks in a row before you're able to go on these these fun trips and, and not have to worry, like give some peace of no. mind that I'm going to go out and enjoy this because I worked hard for it. I spent my money for it. Like that's the one thing is an unenjoyable vacation sounds horrible. horrible. <laughs> and one thing that I am horrible about is buying travel insurance. 
But trips nowadays are so expensive that it probably makes sense to insure your trip. Yep. You know, it's not a lot. And, uh, you know, you look at what's happening recently in the last couple of days with the air travel. People can't get to their destination on yep. time. And so it's probably worth spending a few dollars to insure your trip uh, again. And, you know, if you're driving to the beach, obviously probably not. But if you're flying across the the globe, if you're going on a big international trip or you have a specialized tour lined up, it's it's probably makes sense to ensure that trip. Uh, again, peace of mind. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you travel with travel insurance? Yeah. So actually, when I, I went snowboarding in Winter Park and I got trip insurance for that very reason. Now, this oh. is uh, and it almost had to happen because <laughs> once we got to Denver, we just got snowed buried in. Yeah. with snow and so they were like calling us saying i don't know if we're gonna be able to pick you up from the denver airport because we ordered the bus in order to get all the way to winter park mm. luckily i had winter parks kind of reservation all insured so if they weren't able to pick us up we would have been able to get comped for that yeah, night smart. skiing yeah and then it's smarter than i am <laughs> well especially with air travel it's just you just don't know nowadays you really don't um well, I uh, looking at uh, somebody posted a video from the United Service Center in Denver, speaking mm-hmm. of Denver, and the line was mile long because they canceled their flights. And then you had that storm on the East Coast that shut down uh, New York and New Jersey airports. Not good. Um, yeah. You know, another thing, too, is your pets. What do you yeah. what do you do with your pets when you travel? Um do you have somebody coming over to the house to take care of your pets? Do you board them? Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's an extra expense if it's not a family member. Um, you know, boarding a dog and a cat, not cheap. Not cheap at all. And uh, or do you pay the neighborhood kid to come over and feed them and walk them and hope they show up? That's my thing. My little brother got hired for that, and I can't tell you how many times my mom had to do his job for him. <laughs> So, needless to say, if you if you don't trust the kid, make sure you have a good adult around. <laughs> so we'll take care of it. Well, Absolutely. yeah. Um, anything else you want to talk on, on this topic? You know, these are quick, easy fixes. Just we want to eliminate as much worry as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to have something happen. You realize you don't have insurance yep. or trust, or people don't know where your assets are or who to contact. Uh, again, when you're sitting on the beach in Maui, you're probably not thinking about your estate plan, no. but uh, if something happens and it's like, okay, now what? Just get it done. Enjoy your trip and uh, pack your sunscreen. Yeah. And enjoy the fourth. Um, perfect. Well, let's not transition into our intriguing issue and kind of what do you got for us today? I'm going to go with the Russian coup. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the one day attempted coup. I get. Can you call it a coup? I, I don't know. I don't know the parameters of how yeah. long it has to be established. And I guess Prigozhin's now in Belarus, mm-hmm. and Putin's going after all their hardware and assets. Um, but is it the Wagner Group or Wagner Group? Wagner Group. Wagner. Yeah. Wagner. Um, do they just disband? There's like twenty five thousand. I. What do you do with those those guys? Um, I'm assuming it's all guys. But that that was really kind of a pins and needle day. Yeah, it it really uh, you know was this the beginning of the end for Putin? Uh, this this gave um, 
some firepower to Ukraine, I think uh, gave a little bit of hope to the global markets. And then it fizzled. Uh, I think Belarus acted as uh, uh, a mediator. And uh, so we'll see what happens to Prigozhin. Uh, Do you think he survives at any level? I I, I don't. I, I mean, like you talked about, we've had this conversation is the people that have opposed Putin and where they've ended up. And it's, Especially that's that's in the the heart of the storm right there. Um, mm. So yeah, I I just that was the scariest thing on on Friday is just witnessing this and just yeah. seeing how traumatized it was and how escalated it was becoming. And you're like, if I don't even want to go there, but yeah. And so hopefully this gets worked out in somewhat of a orderly fashion. But there's so many conspiracies. <laughs> bait him what's going on um and so yeah we'll definitely see but yeah it's, it's a it's a scary time for sure can't wait to watch can't wait wait to watch the movie yeah I'll read oh, the gosh, book about yeah. all this stuff and uh i was kind of hoping well what would have been worse if if he had taken over russia because this guy is not really a political no, leader no. or a military leader so and he's also not a good guy not a good guy <laughs> he's and, just not a very good uh, and now he's controlling Russian nukes. Then that was that's what everybody was talking about. Is if Putin really was going to come displaced, his last hail mary is, is nuclear weaponry. And if that and as soon as you hear nuclear weaponry, like all bets are loose. And all bets so, are off. Um, yeah. So hopefully that doesn't seem like to be in in the cards right now. But yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting situation for sure. But, yeah, no doubt. What do you got? I got Costco. So yeah. the inability to share is kind of taking over the wave. Netflix has now locked it on one uh, Wi-Fi address unless you want to pay for more. Yeah. Um, so they kicked a bunch of kids off of their parents' Wi-Fi or their Netflix plans. But Costco is now saying we're done with the sharing of cards as well. And they're going to start having you not only hand in the card, but also your ID yep. to prove that is you. And so if you're a young 20-year-old using your parents' Netflix password and their cost card, you're you're bummed right yeah, now. Yeah, that, that's, that's tough news for for both of the for that demographic as well. And it's I don't know, is this gonna be really the answer? I'm not I, sure. I think companies are looking at Netflix like like, well, look how much money they're making. True. And Costco's, hey, let's let's give it a shot. So yeah. I think uh it's another revenue generator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and it makes makes sense, but I feel as if as we're getting more advanced, especially in technology, like where where does it stop? Right, yeah. everything's now going to become so individualized. But how are you able to control all that? That's kind of where my worry comes. Or is it going to become a thing where it's priced in? Right, they're assuming you're going to be sharing, but then that doesn't profit the person that. It's not sharing. So it's a whole jumbled mess. And I think we're just right on the forefront of this lockdown of sharing. So who do you think would be next? What? Uh, um, probably Disney. Disney Plus, yeah. Most like, oh, or, or like a Hulu. Um, mm-hmm. HBO Max or Max. Because they had to somehow retire. Or I'm thinking of services similar to Costco. Um, yeah, who know, Who knows? Maybe people jump over to Sam's Clubs. Like, uh, and that's the big thing is when you have replacement value, it's 
it's difficult to do this, but people love Costco. I was going to say people really love Costco. But um, yeah, so we'll see. Well, Bill, what do you want to leave our listeners with? Gosh, uh, again, follow your plan, update your estate plan, enjoy the summer, happy fourth, and uh, all will be good. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week. Make sure to visit our website, parrotwealth.com, where you can learn more about everything we have to offer at Parrot Wealth Management. That's our view from the perch. See y'all next week.